0: What's up, Bulls Nation? And welcome into the CHGO Bulls Podcast presented by PointsBet. Don't forget that promo code CHGO when you sign up to get those two risk-free bets and live your bet life. I'm Peck. You can follow me on Twitter at Bulls underscore Peck. You can follow my guys, Big Dave at Bawl Sports and Will the Goat Gottlieb at Won't Gottlieb. We are CHGO underscore Bulls. Hope everybody had a great weekend. Will, Dave, how were your weekends?
1: Will. I mean, yesterday was really what stole the show. I, I was just watching those Game 7s, just glued to my couch all day, watching basketball. You can't really beat that. No, you cannot. You can't Even if it's two beatdowns.
2: <laughs> very true. Uh, I went to a uh, surprise birthday party for a friend, a very good friend of mine. Uh, shout out to my guy, D. Uh, happy 40th to you. Uh, Ooh, big, one. Yeah, big one. Yeah. Had the big one, man. And, yeah, it was a great time. Uh, I don't. Every time I go to stuff, I don't realize how many people actually watch what we do (laughs) and how many people actually, you know, enjoy what we do. So Matt and Will, uh, the guy said they love you guys. Uh, You guys are awesome. Man, appreciate that. Very kind. It's
1: it's funny you say that. And I put this in our our group Slack, uh, I think, yesterday. But so I was watching these games and my cousin is in town who I'm really close with. Shout out to Eric. And... He and I are going to the Cubs game after this, so very excited. But anyway, his dad, my uncle, came in who watches a lot of our shows, and he was like, The first thing he said was something about how I look like a youth pastor, which <laughs> was just the funniest thing. I did not, he was like, I, when I heard that, I like almost crashed my car. I couldn't stop laughing. <laughs> Man, so, see, so thanks, Uncle thanks for telling me that I look like a youth pastor. <laughs> yeah. I appreciate it. <laughs> Of love, but that's that's definitely
0: a way to know that that, that you got a viewer right there. For calls right me there. a youth pastor. I know that they're
1: <laughs> yeah. a true fan, so trust
2: me. Yeah, Can't man. hate, yeah, man. Can't.
0: <laughs> no, you Can't cannot. I, a lot of my friends and family are like, you know, for for the last several years, been like, oh, Big Dave, Big Dave. They ask questions about Big Dave. It's like, you know, when they get to like see Big Dave in person, it's like, it's you know, the mythical beast. It's like, yeah, it's like Big resurrection. Dave. You know, they get all excited. <laughs> on, like, I get it. I get it. (laughs) All right. So we got a lot to get to today uh, on this uh, audio only episode. Um, We got to talk about this Lonzo stuff that came out on Chicago sports talk radio Monday morning from our guy, David Kaplan. Uh, We got to talk about the game sevens that happened on Sunday. And we'll take a little look ahead at what we expect to see in these conference finals in the East and the West. And then we'll wrap up with something that I think a lot of Bulls fans started wondering about even more aggressively as they watched the Suns get pants by the Mavs on Sunday evening. And that is what's going to happen with DeAndre Ayton this offseason? And is there any chance that he and the Bulls could become tethered in some way this offseason? So I that's have all takes. ahead. D- mm. Dave, I'm sure you have takes. Will, out of the so game, telling takes. us he's got takes.
1: <laughs> Can't wait.
0: <laughs> I-, I told can Dave you. how I feel about it before can you hopped off- on it, before we press record, Will. So <laughs> my-, my thoughts are fairly simple on the matter. But first, let us begin with this. In case you missed it, Monday morning, our guy David Kaplan, uh, shout out to him, um, former colleague of of me and Big Dave. And Will, I'm sure you've run into him uh, back in the day when you were covering the Bulls on the beat. He was doing his morning show with uh, Jay Hood. Shout out to him as well. And they were talking about how Cap heard from some sources fairly recently that the Bulls front office are growing – increasingly concerned with the status of Lonzo Ball's knee. Uh, and in case you missed it, I will just kind of give you a quick rundown of what was said on that cap and J hood show on Chicago Airways Monday morning, the following, this is from David Kaplan. I am hearing that there are serious concerns within the front office of the Chicago bulls. That Lonzo Ball's knee is not getting better, not getting better. So they've been out for how long? Two weeks now. He couldn't play in that series if they were starting the Eastern Conference Finals Tuesday. He could not play. They are having real concerns of why he still has pain anytime he tries to ramp it up. And if he can't ramp it up in practices or in workouts to get himself where he needs to be, then how the hell is he going to be healthy for an 82-game season? This is a serious problem, end quote. Cap also added that uh, he's waiting on a little more intel from whoever this source is, this source of his close to the Bulls. And I'll also add that, look, Cap has been right a lot of times about things going on within that Bulls organization. He knows a lot of the people. He's been friends with a lot of people in that organization for a long time. And while he isn't maybe what you would call a, you know, he's not a Woj. He's not a Shams. He's not even a, you know, a, a Casey or a Will. He's not a guy covering the Bulls beat every day. But the dude's been in Chicago Sports Media for what half a century and he knows people and he knows things. Mm -hmm. So I don't think this is nothing that he is hearing this because it basically to me means that the front office is concerned about Lonzo's knee in the same way that I think a lot of the fan base is concerned about Lonzo's knee and the way that it could not get ramped up to being having him available for the rest of the season and their postseason. I I still like I'm putting this at like a 20 on a hundred scale of, where this shifted me and my worry. I'm curious to know what you guys think. And if this changed your perspective at all on what's going on with the Lonzo situation, trying to get his knee ready this off season.
2: Well, I mean, taking into, you know what I'm saying? Consideration that, you know, it's, it's his source. Um, you know, nothing has come out, you know, they're pretty tight lipped over there. You know what I'm saying? With that front office. But like you said, cap has been dead on about a lot of things, especially concerning, uh that front office whoever's been there he he's he's been dead on about a lot of things he was the one who leaked that the old front office was about to get yes. booted before all star yeah. weekend 2020 i'll never forget that like that happened in september when he was talking that stuff like he was at he was at the hot at the hot stove meetings in San Diego and reported that in you know what I'm saying from there I'll never forget that and he was dead on correct when when that happened so yeah when Cap says something you're like yeah you have to listen to it but I already told you Matt that my this is I'm not a guy who worries a lot, but this worries and concerns me a lot. And so when I I'm heard jealous this, of you, Dave, yeah, I'm <laughs> not a guy that worries a lot. I'm not. I'm just I'm just, I'm just not. It's not me. Must really. be nice. It's 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 me. <laughs> <laughs> it's just who I am, man. It's just who I am. Oh, uh, I'll work it out. You know, what I'm saying? I think I'll work things out and we'll deal with it another way. But this definitely took my worry up. I'm not going to lie to you. It definitely had me up because of who Cap is. Uh, and just hearing the front office feeling like we feel, you know what I mean? Like, we how concerned we are about it. Like, the fact he's had been so long after this surgery, and we couldn't even get him for the season to be in it. Like, if we were in the Eastern Conference finals right now, he still wouldn't be playing, you know what I mean? Like, and that is a concern. Like, that really bothers me and concerns me because I don't know how a knee bruise gets better other than, you know, just rest and not doing anything on it. And it's supposed to be better after a few months, but. At its worst, it can take, you know what I'm saying, a year for it to heal up. I'm hoping that's not the case with this. I'm hoping he's ready to go by the time the season kicks off. But it definitely concerns me. And it kind of raises this question. um, With the draft lottery coming up, does it change the perspective of who they're looking at, you know, in the draft as far Mm -hmm. as maybe they want to be more guard oriented? Because of this, you know what I'm saying? I don't know what their plans were. It seems like AK and, and everything like wings, you know what I'm saying, and try to get guys at that position. But does that change your perspective going into the draft? Are you looking at more point guards? You know what I'm saying? And things like that because of this. It just raises a lot of questions for me, Will, that I just really didn't want to ask or answer.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'd say, like for me, just in terms of the worryometer here. So Lonzo had the injury on January 14th. He had the surgery two weeks later on the 28th, starting on the 28th, he had a six to eight week timeline that would have pushed him for a return around March 25. Uh, Today is May 16th. This is week 16. Okay. Out of a six to eight week timetable. So we're, we're talking about double. So hell yeah, I'm worried. And we still don't know what's going on. And I think that is the key here is Kaplan basically said there are people in the front office who are starting to get worried because his knee's not getting better that tells me they also don't know what's going on. And usually the team is the one with the inside information that knows the medical, that understands like what the rehab is going to be. And it seems like we're just in a, in a waiting game here. And to your point, Dave, like I was hoping that it would just be a matter of time and that in the coming weeks he would heal up. And then uh, you know, as we've joked about in the past, like get into that ramp up period where he can like start to get better and hopefully be ready for next year. I don't know what could possibly be up here. Um, I know bone bruises are very painful and can take a long time to heal. So I'm not like, I really hope this doesn't turn into a Derek situation where like people are just like giving him shit because he's not coming back. Mm -hmm. Please do not do that. Um, But yeah, it's concerning that he isn't back yet. And it's not surprising that this stuff kind of comes out, but um, it does tell me that, you know, they aren't quite sure what's going on either. As far as the draft goes, um my my Lonzo take is that he is a point forward. He's not mm-hmm. a point guard. So I'm less interested in necessarily like going after a guard, what I think the Bulls need to do with the 18th pick in the draft, which by the way, I'll be at the lottery tomorrow night. Very excited to be there. But it's also very exciting because the Bulls aren't like their future is not going to be determined based on a bunch of ping pong balls tomorrow night. <laughs> no, uh, so Michael I'm, Reinsdorf I'm will not that. be there. <laughs> there will be no, I, I was looking at like the list of representatives from other teams, like rip Hamilton's coming. And I was like, where's the bulls? <laughs> oh yeah. We don't have a guy. <laughs> mm. Nope. No, no um, Michael, no Benny, no Scotty, nope. no Horace. Nope. <laughs> well, you love it. And so, yeah, I think they, what they need is talent and they need three and D guys. And that's what really Lonzo is. So, uh, that's an area where they can stand to improve where everybody in the league can stand to improve. Um, But yeah, I mean, look, Lonzo's $20 million of cap. He is, I think one of the top most important players on the team. And so not having him having uncertainty about him and he's barely played, you know, he's never played a full season. Uh, His, his best season in terms of games played was last year when he played 55 out of the 72 as a shortened season. Um, He played 63 the year before that. 47 and 52 he's never played a lot of games so yeah it's it's definitely concerning
0: to me it doesn't necessarily change anything about how I have been feeling about the Lonzo knee situation and we kind of talked about this recently when we were going through our grades for Lonzo season and also with Zach Levine's season and like you know whose knee are you more worried about this offseason which is not a fun conversation for us Bulls fans to have but we we've been talking about this The fact that David Kaplan said on his show, per my sources, the Bulls front office is becoming worried about this didn't change where I was because in my mind, my reaction to that was, well, yeah, duh, because as will just laid out for you guys, what the timeline was at the beginning of this knee injury procedure and what it is now, if they weren't concerned, I think they were crazy. Like, Yeah the front office who invested that contract in Lonzo to be a starter on this team, whether you want to call him a point guard, a point forward, he's a starter. Mm -hmm. You saw what happened to this team's success when he was out because of the things he gives them on both ends of the floor. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: You'd be a fool not to be concerned about Lonzo's knee this off season. So to me, but let me,
1: let me ask you this because to me, every time we get news that again indicates that he's not getting better or that we still don't know what's going on that's what increases my like level of panic or worry whatever it is because it's not just like same news it's like two weeks later and we still don't know and if it's another two weeks later and we get another leak that like we're still not sure like then it just it gradually builds up so i'm not like freaking out and like we need to you know trade Lonzo you know get the injured player ex- exemption all this right. stuff but like it's definitely you know a notch up on the on the
2: worryometer yeah no question about it and also I think you know we'll really start getting into it because he's going to go see a specialist, I believe next week uh about his knee you know and, and get, a, get an opinion about what's going we need on. answers we need answers, bro. So I need him to, you know, live stream that. <laughs> Put that on Twitch because we need to be in the room, man. We we give a damn like that. He's too important, and I think that's what it is, guys. Like, and you said it right there, Will. Like, it's just he's just way too damn important to this team. He he was the biggest band aid, and we know Caruso was the band aid, but my God, this dude was a was a gauze pad. You know what I'm saying for the Bulls' defense, and and. A Band-Aid for their offense as well, you know, as far as the three-point shooting and the facilitating. So the, AK and, and Mark built this team knowing what those two guys were going to be. They knew they were going to be those uh, Band-Aids for the Bulls while they still figured out who did what and what else they kind of needed. They they knew that, mm-hmm. but they didn't expect this worst-case scenario of Lonzo not just being able to be on the floor to help that team out, man, just leaving that wound exposed like they did. But, man, dude, uh it's it's concerning. I don't like this at all. I wish him the best. Um, I, I just really hope it ends sooner than later. And I'm just ready to, to talk to the doctor. So I'll be flying. Can we out just with- have
1: like one month where we're not talking about a major injury to a major player on the team? It'd be like, nice. It'd be just nice. One month. <laughs> nah, man. Bullpen. It's like not even the season, and we're talking Can't about this. can nice. It's right. Unbelievable. And Dude. see, that's and that's the last thing I'll say. If we're still
0: talking like this with these parameters and this. Amount of unknown with Lonzo in September when we're getting ready for training camp, then I am hammering the panic button. But right Mm -hmm. now, you know, shout out, Scotty. I don't want to fuck my summer up worrying about Lonzo's knee. So I'm going to check out for a few months (laughs) on Lonzo and worrying about Lonzo. (laughs) And then when we come back, if we get that tweet that's like Lonzo Ball will not be available for, for full participation in the Bulls' first tr- practice of training camp, uh, then I'm going to talk to y'all and I'm going to be freaking the F out. But I don't yeah. want to do it right now because y'all know me and I can get triggered way too easily. <laughs> I feel you.
2: Zero to I'll, 100. I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll I'll be that kind of freak out for you. But like I said, I'm just waiting for that next week. That's that's really what I want to hear is what what's that doctor going to say because that's going to tell me a lot as far as – where my level of worry should be going forward.
0: Fair enough. Uh, All right. So that was the Lonzo news of the day. Let's now move forward and talk about some NBA playoff action. Um, Lots of crazy stuff that happened during game sevens. And then the fallout after game sevens, NBA players running their mouths on a lot of platforms. Uh, We'll talk about that coming up next. But first big Dave, tell the people about points bet.
2: Ah, uh, thank y'all for enjoying what we do here. And the best way to support what we are doing here, the best way to support CHGO is to download that PointsBet app and use that code CHGO when you sign up. Because if you do that right now, you'll get two risk-free bets up to $2,000. So supporting us is actually supporting y'all. We're giving y'all some just for watching us. Isn't that a beautiful thing? And that's not even it. Just give you more stuff. If you make a $50 or more first-time deposit, you're going to receive that free CHGO membership, which unlocks all that awesome web content, and you'll even get a free T-shirt of your choice from that CHGO locker. Now, once again, that's 2,000 in risk-free bets, a free CHGO membership, a free T-shirt from that CHGO locker, all for making a $50 or more first-time deposit at PointsBet and introducing that live NBA same game parlay peck for the first time ever. You can build that perfect live NBA same game parlay. And you can do that only with points bet. You can buy those favorite bets anytime during the game. And if you want more, cause I know you do, you can also boost your live same game parlays. You can watch live parlay, live boost live and partay live with points bet. And if you're in this beautiful state of Illinois, where the weather in Chicago is absolutely perfect, this is summertime weather going on outside. It's like 73 degrees, no real wind. It's just real nice outside, y'all. You can go out there and enjoy it. And while you're sitting out there enjoying it, sitting in your lawn chair, pull out your phone and download that PointsBet app and register right now from your account from start to finish all from your phone. So what are you waiting for? Because once that game starts, you don't just bet. lead. please tell them what they do. You live your bet life. That's what you do. Mm. Man. so Man. Well. <laughs> Mavs
0: in game six and seven made me some nice scratch. Hey. And I love them for it. Shout out to our guy <laughs> John Sabine, who I'm sure is over the moon with his Mavs going to the conference finals. We'll get to them in a bit, but let's so let's start with uh, the first of the two game sevens from Sunday, that being Celtics and Bucks. The Celtics ran away with this one after the Bucs went out to an early lead. Yeah. Uh, 109-81 was the final, and it was another monster game from Giannis. Like I think in game six and seven, he also put twenty bo- pulled down 20-plus boards in addition to his points and, and his playmaking. Just crazy stuff, but Insane. you really saw in those final two games how much that Bucks team missed Chris Middleton on the offensive end of the floor. Yes, because they just had no play creation. Once they got to the half court, it was like, all right, everybody stand around and see if Giannis can get through five, bu- five Celtics defenders and either he can great or he can't and nobody else can do anything. Um, What what was like the biggest thing for you guys as you saw the Celtics after, you know, coughing up that game five mm-hmm. and maybe thinking, oh, man, the Celtics just lost their chance of winning the series to, to fairly convincingly winning games
1: six and seven. Will, what about you? Well, I think the first thing for me is just watching these games, and I, I've been, uh, admittedly, sort of rooting for the Celtics in this series. But watching these games and like understanding that the Celtics have a lead, and just having the fear of God that Giannis is coming, <laughs> and it's like the six, 2016 Warriors or like LeBron James from pick any number of you know his incredible seasons, where it's just like no lead is safe, and. You can't, you can't like, cause they can rattle off six or eight points in 26 seconds. Mm. And all of a sudden it's a game again. And Giannis just, I mean, he gets to the basket at will. So super impressive uh, game six, game seven wins, just really the whole series. I mean, the Celtics, I think guarded Giannis as well as anybody can. And you still saw him put up with these monster numbers. So uh, Giannis is great. He's an all time great. He is on pace to be like a top 10 or top five ever player. In my opinion, uh, he is just outstanding. Um, so it's kind of sad that he wasn't able to to you know get to the finals again because Chris Middleton was out. Because you know you're totally right, Peck. That like he is kind of the the half court scorer where they run a ton of pick and roll through Middleton handling and Giannis um, screen and roll. So they they clearly just didn't have the gas. But and you look at the Celtics team who's incredibly deep and you've got guys like Grant Williams who's kind of their sixth man hidden like NBA record of <laughs> three-pointers in a game seven. 7. Yeah. Yeah, I mean it's just it's like Steph Curry and Grant Williams. Um which is hilarious. Mm. So, it speaks to a couple of things. One, just how uh complete of a team you need to be if you don't have the best player on on the court. Um and just in in terms of like being able to have like a rotation of guys. Like th- I was watching it sort of with the bulls in mind of like, they didn't have anybody who could step up and hit shots because they took 50 some odd threes as well. uh, Same as the bulls in in game five. Um, But the difference was obviously that they made them and that they had that guy who could like be the go-to score and outscore Giannis in a game. So really impressed by the Celtics, both sides of the ball, really impressed with their depth and versatility. Um, And just, yeah, kind of too bad for Giannis, but he is still just an absolute monster of a player
2: yeah oh man a few things on on this series first i believe um uh williams broke steph curry's record for attempts uh three-point attempts in a game seven because that man had 18 attempts which is absolutely crazy as hell like that's absolutely wild. And it was the so, same as
1: as uh the bulls they were just that was the shot they were willing to give up and he just right. happened to make them pay
2: yeah make them pay shot about what 38 39 around there from three so yeah did a great job i mean shout out to him man he Kept putting them up. He had the green light. I don't know if it'll ever be that green again, like Jason Tatum said. <laughs> but he had it that day, and, and it was on point. Um, Couple things though. One, I well, I completely agree with you. I, I was waiting for the Giannis takeover. I just yeah. knew it was coming. He I'm from so the good. from the first quarter on, and I'm watching them, and I'm like, oh, it's going to be this game. Oh, that's what's about to happen. We're about to see that game because I've been waiting on that game from Giannis, that fifty point. Forty rebound, you know, ten blocks, twelve assists. Yeah, I've been waiting for that, and I knew, and I thought I was like, oh, here it is, it's coming. And then I saw Lopez scoring early, and usually that's a great indicator when Lopez is scoring early. They
1: needed a second guy without Middleton to step correct. up. Correct. They just correct. They needed-
2: absolutely, absolutely right, man. So I, I, I thought he was going to do it, and you know, Drew Holiday was going to do what he did. And man, I just really thought that they were going to do that. I didn't see the blowout coming. Uh, so shout out to the Celtics for that, for adjusting after that first quarter. And just, I mean, completely just playing them off the floor, man. Because usually, guys, you know, the team that win games five wins, what, 82% of the time. Like, it's mm-hmm. that's not a normal thing for the team who's down uh, 3-2 to come back and win the next two. And yeah, that was really special yes. with, of Boston. So shout out to them. Also, injuries are not an excuse for me in this either. Like, I know Chris Middleton was out. I get that. I get that. He was out. But I don't want to hear if we would have won without Chris Middleton because people can say those same things about the Nets and how they won last year, all right, and mm-hmm. how the Bucks won last year. with No, Kyrie was out too. You know, he wasn't hurt. You can say those same things. No, you played. Who was in front of you? You beat them. You won. Right. You weren't talking about Chris Middleton when you won game five, all right? So, yeah, they had an opportunity. I'm not going to take that, that away from uh, Boston because I'm sure they had hurt players. I know Marcus Smart is hurt. He's always hurt. So, yeah, yeah I, I'm not going to take that away. I can't use injuries a, as an excuse. I'm not saying it didn't impact it because obviously you saw what he was missed because, like you just pointed out, Will, you saw what he was missed at. But, no, I can't, I can't give him that. And the other thing that made me laugh, you know what I was thinking about? All I was thinking about was the Bucks in that last game of the year <laughs> <laughs> and how they just went in their tank and said, you know what? No, we want to take the third seed. Because we want to take the Bulls, and we want to take this route. And it gave up home court advantage mm-hmm. to go ahead and take a third seat, and just say, you take it, Boston. We don't need it. Yeah, the hell you do. <laughs> you need a home court advantage in the NBA playoffs because that played a huge difference to me in this because after losing like they did in game six, it would have been nice to come back home, right? You know, mm-hmm. like would have been nice to come back home and feel that love, you know, from your crowd who knows that you guys are champions. Now, that that was a big deal. And it just made me just real. I got nothing. You can try to script it however you want. You know what I mean? But things don't always happen that way, on like they're supposed to on paper. So you play every game like, like it's important, man. You can't just skip games and stuff like that, man. They, they gave up home court, and they came back to bite them in the ass in the end.
0: Yeah. Um, which, I mean... You guys mentioned Will. I think you mentioned the the twenty two of fifty five, like that the Celtics were just chucking threes and making a lot of them. To me, I, that was the deciding factor in this series. Like, yeah, Giannis didn't have his most efficient night, but I don't, you know, if he went fourteen for twenty six instead of ten for twenty six, they still lose this game. Um, wow! Like, the the Celtics role players hit shots. The Bulls role players, as you said, Will did not. Uh, meanwhile, the Bucks went four of thirty three from the behind the three point arc in that game and their, their defense and their defensive strategy all season long was, you know, give, give our opponents sprees and, you know, make their role players make threes while we lock down, you know, their biggest weapons or do our best to lock down their biggest weapons. And sometimes it worked for the bucks and sometimes it didn't, but to me, that's what I had on top of my head watching that unfold. And we've talked about it as, you know, at, at length as far as what this bulls roster needs this off season and what went wrong down the stretch. And one of the biggest reasons was the lack of reliable three-point shooting. And you saw what the Celtics did behind the three-point line in that game seven versus what the Bucs did behind the three-point line in that game seven. And if you didn't believe that the Bulls need to add some more shooting to next season's roster before that, there you go. Um, also, I, there was some poetic justice in the fact that we had to sit there and watch Grayson Allen hit three after three after three in games three and four. And the Bulls freaking building – Mm-hmm. Coming out of nowhere, putting up 20-plus point games in two Bucks playoff wins in Chicago. And I'm sitting here saying, is this really happening to us right now? And then to watch him flail miserably on the defensive end, getting cooked, getting singled out and cooked by the Celtics all series long and chucking up nothing but <laughs> brick sock in this Celtics series. I think I saw he missed two... Uh, uh no, he missed 18 of his final 23 point attempts oh. in this series. Wow, including going 0 of 4, uh, from behind the three point line in Game Seven. Mm. God, that was satisfying to watch. <laughs> Any Bucks fans it- who are still hate watching this channel or listening to this pod, sorry, not sorry.
2: <laughs> you lose. Yo, yo man, I, I I thought about you so much. With Grayson Allen did that step back air ball three, <laughs> I thought about oh. that immediately. Oh. Like he's somewhere just happy right now. Just it's Christmas time for Matt Peck right now. It was glorious. <laughs> he yeah he felt bad, bad, but yeah.
0: Uh wow, so there it is. The Celtics um win Game Seven, move on to the Conference Finals. Uh, and we could do like a more in-depth preview uh, of these Conference Final series in the East and the West later on this week. But just any any initial thoughts, you guys? Um as far as uh, Celtics heat before we move on to talk about game seven in the West.
1: To me, Celtics bucks was probably like the finals or at least a conference, conference finals, finals caliber series. I mean, that was just like slug fest after slug fest adjustments uh, really just as complete of a series as, as you can get. And it came down to just like, our team is better than your team in the last game in the last two games, really, because Giannis was just exhausted. So um, as I said before, super impressed with the Celtics. I think they have the defensive versatility to really handle any of these teams. Like, I guess my big worry for the heat is, and I really respect the heat. Like they're an incredible team. They obviously beat the Celtics team two years ago uh, in the bubble. Uh, which allowed the Celtics to get to the finals. Uh, sorry, the the heat and Jimmy Butler to get to the finals. Um, I just don't know how they manufacture points in half court offense without mm. a second creator because like Jimmy right. is capable of being that dude. Like I'm the biggest Jimmy Stan in the world, and I know he is capable of doing that, but it's seven games and he's not gonna have a lot of help, like hero, but then if, if he's on the floor, he's gonna be attacked mm. defensively. Every single possession. I mean, the Celtics just they have no weaknesses and they have mm-hmm. a dude and then they have another dude and it's just like kind of the recipe. So mm-hmm. I'm very high on the Celtics. I think they've got to be the favorites to win the championship at this point. But mm-hmm. I mean, the Heat are an amazing team. They've got the better coach, which probably wins you a game in the mm-hmm. series. And uh they are super versatile defensively. They've been shooting the hell out of the ball. They've got a Jimmy Butler. So, I mean, I think it's going to be a great series. I think it'll probably be Celtics in six, but really, really competitive basketball, like high-level competitive basketball.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I completely agree with that. Um, They match up. They match the heat everywhere, including coaching. I'm not going to take that away from Udoka, man. He's been incredible as a coach for them this season. Amazing. Especially after that Bulls So impressive. he flipped everything around to the point And the Celtics matched. were
1: 23 and 24 at one point. And then right. he
2: just like flipped a switch. And usually a team only meeting after that is never good. You know, and they had a team only meeting. And we was like, oh, it's over for the Celtics. You know, no, they got worked, that together. Worked
0: great for the, the 18, 19 Bulls. I mean.
2: <laughs> Couldn't help himself. He had to get it in. But yeah, but it's like Matt Matt was saying, oh, see, like this, this is the best team in basketball after the All-Star break. And that defense that they have, that you mentioned, Will, is incredible. And that's the problem. Because I thought the Bucks, the Heat could have beaten the Bucks because of the way the, the Bucks play defense. They leave those three-point shooters open, and the Heat will cook you. You know what I'm saying? For the three-point line. It's what they do. But my goodness, man, how do you do that against Boston when everybody is long and versatile and big? You know what I'm saying? Like, even their bigs can switch off. You know what I'm saying? Like, they – it's just Al Horford showed you he still got something in him. You know what I mean? Robert Williams showed you, you know, he's still doing his thing as well. Like Daniel Tice, we know he's versatile. You know what I'm saying? Because when he was here, like, it's, it's, they're, they're a problem every, in every phase. And I think they have someone for everything that the Heat likes to do. Now, there's nothing you can do about their best players. You know what I mean? Jimmy Butler's, you know, supposed to be doing what Jimmy Butler is doing. But, you know, I'm going to take, uh, uh, Tatum over Jimmy Butler because I just I just think Tatum's a better player. But man, dude, they just match up so well with them. It's gonna be interesting to see. I agree with you, Will, when you say that the Heat uh Spoke could get them a game because just of how good of a coach he is, because they're gonna be prepared. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like if they go down, they're gonna be prepared and they're gonna be ready for whatever Boston's got for them, man. But man, Boston is they they just remind me of that team that's just super hungry and they've been close before a few times you know they've been that close they've been in a game seven in the eastern conference finals before and we that close you know what i'm saying to beating lebron and moving on man it just feels like it's it's their time they took down the champs now they're gonna go take go to miami you know who's already been to a finals and you know they're hungry and want to do it but i don't know man it just feels like boston's chance but Either way, I'm not really rooting for either team. I don't care anything about the Celtics. <laughs> I don't care anything about the Heat. But Dude. I I think it's going to be some great basketball plays. I completely agree with that. It's going to be some great basketball being played.
0: At this point, you know, I'm, I'm, I am I'm, was rooting for the Celtics over the Bucs because I was sick of Bucs fans and wanted to see their hearts break um, until they, you know, forget about the Bucs and go back to being just Packers fans, which is who they are uh, as an identity. <laughs> but now it's like I can't root for the Celtics. Like – to I was just I was just Good rooting for the Celtics. Bucks.
1: I was just rooting for them because I had a Celtics future. Right. So right. Right. as
0: yeah, as do right. I, and I wanted to be right.
1: You but know? I have a Heat future uh, too, so now I'm just like whoever wins.
2: Yeah. I'll, now, I'll dude,
0: I, I I am I, at this point. I'm a diehard Mavs fan. Like I pick, <laughs> I picked the Warriors to come out of the West. It'll be tough, but I think it's doable for the Mavs. Um, and you know, speaking of which, let's now shift over and talk about that ridiculous Game Segway Seven pack. between the Mavs and the Suns. <laughs> Because, oh, my God, I didn't, like, I Big Dave, I didn't want to be the first one to text into our thread with Sabine and Bulldog to be like, oh, my God, John, as the <laughs> Mavs started to build that lead in the first half. Yeah. And, you know, so then when I saw Bulldog, just texted dot, 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 Sabine. <laughs> I, and then I just sent the eyeball sideways emoji, like, oh, my God. <laughs> Somebody asked us on Twitter, like, earlier Sunday, who you taking in the game tonight? And I said, you know, I'm taking the Celtics to win. And I'm taking the Suns, although I'm pulling for the Mavs. I yeah. just thought that the Suns, a 64-win team, were gonna get their shit together in game seven. And oh my goodness, they did not. <laughs> um <Jump>. wow. <laughs> then you know, so bad. we got the thing, you know, today Chris Paul all played most of the series with a, a hammy or whatever. Going back to your thing about excuses, Dave. Mm. Um Luca. Luca has arrived. You know, he's only 23. Luca's been People have been ragging him about not being able to win a playoff series. Well, mm-hmm. he's now won two playoff series in this playoff run of theirs and is mm-hmm. just doing insane things. He put yeah. up 35 and it would have been 50 if he had to keep playing, but they were yeah, up by his, 40. His, gave,
1: his incredible 39-point. Game seven average is gonna go down because they beat the Suns so bad that he didn't even have to play the fourth quarter.
2: Right. <laughs> it's insane.
1: Twenty-seven points at halftime, also the same amount of points that the Suns had at halftime.
2: Yep. It's just yeah. wild.
1: Like I've never seen that. I've never seen a game like that. That was incredible. Yeah. Never he, seen anything he, like it.
2: He he's full goon. I've been saying it for years that he's a goon and everybody, nah, you know, because you know he smiles and he's nice and all that. I'm like, no, nah, bro. I, if, if anybody knows a goon when they see him, it's me. And I was like, bro, I was like, this dude is a goon. And you saw it in full fledged in game seven. My God. That man was talking shit from the moment he walked mm. on the floor to the moment he walked off the floor all the way into the post game press conference. He was mm-hmm. talking plenty trash and it felt good for him. And it, re- it really, re- and again, I'm not making him the comparison, but it just reminded me of Mike. Because because of when he said, you know, you talking crazy when you up. Everybody talking shit when they up. You know what I mean? We'll see what it does. I was like, who that sound like? (laughs) I was like, that sounds real familiar. Who that sound like? Mm -hmm. And he came out and he showed and proved it. That's the difference. It's one thing about saying it; it's A whole different monster about doing it, man. And he had been shooting, what, like 30% from three in in that series? Like, it's not like he was killing them. But when Lucas three is hitting, he's unguardable. Like, Mm -hmm. there's nothing you can do. It was so disrespectful. I loved every single second of it. And Jason Kidd deserves all the flowers in the world. That man coached his ass off this season, especially after they were, what, 17 and 18, and Luca had made his 15th visit to In-N-Out Burger. And he told him, (laughs) dude, you need to stop. You need to stop eating, and we got to play defense, all right? As soon as they heard that and got that together, and especially when they made that trade they got Spencer Dinwiddie in here, it ain't been great. And look at the guard play. This is, again, why I give it to Jason Kidd. Look at the guard play. Look at what Brunson did. Immediately, Brunson is like, remember when he was like, man, you going to really get that dude $20 million? <laughs> now you're looking at him like, uh-oh, he might get that check. He might get that check going forward. They have been incredible, man. I don't wanna pick them to win anything because I keep picking against them. And I love John Sabine. And I and I just want to keep picking against them because it seems to be working. So I don't want to just say the Mavs are gonna win something. And then you know, I don't wanna do that, man. So, but they they've been incredible. And Luca, like you said, he he's arrived, but like Will also said, he had already arrived. But I know I know what you mean though. Like he's really like face of the league kind of stuff coming up.
1: When I uh after the Bulls drafted Lowry, they had Eurobasket, they had the Eurobasket mm-hmm. tournament in 2017, and I remember watching all of Lowry's games and then all of luca's games, mm-hmm. and he was like hitting step back threes. He's like hitting just insane passes to the roll man from like right a step in from half court and he was mm-hmm. just like clowning these guys. And mind you, at the time, he was like 18 or 17 years old. Yes. And I just like I just watched one game and I was like, yeah, this guy is going to be like an MVP one day. He's just he is that guy. So that was why I was freaking out all of 2017 about the Bulls not tanking hard enough because Luca is a transcendent superstar and he's 23 years old and he's in his, com- his first conference finals already. I'm really happy for him. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, it comes down to obviously like this game seven, Luca just went off, but So did Spencer Dinwiddie. Jalen Brunson had a great series. Maxi Kleba was phenomenal. All series, probably the the swing factor for the Mavs. So it isn't just about the guy. You need to have the guy, but it's about the supporting cast and who's going to step up and have those moments. Mm -hmm. If you're talking about what the Bulls can do to improve their roster, again, it's just, it's the depth. And Mm -hmm. I think you did not see the Suns' depth show up in this game, especially, but also in some of these other losses. And the Mavs guys did. And for me, looking ahead to this Warriors series and, um, you know, I've spent a lot of time around the Warriors. I think they are like just incredible. The confidence that they have, the ability to like, it sounds cliche. It is totally cliche, but it's just that the championship DNA, they just know how to get wins when they need one. Um, I have no idea what you do about Luca. If you're the Warriors, I have no idea because he's literally unguardable. I mean, he's reaching like Giannis LeBron levels of just like, throw your hands up in the air and just hope he misses the shot because there's nothing you can do. Yeah. yeah. He, he's, I he's mean done. he has like Dirk's like one-legged step back stuff and he's turning around
0: first, he's fading away first, he's crossing over first. He's got
1: like Dirk's post up game, Harden's step back game. Right, he like, can also keep LeBron He passing. can do it from
2: like 30 feet, which
1: it's is unbelievable.
2: Without any of the athleticism of any of those guys either, like that's my favorite
1: part forward. is I can I can you know go I mean? play pickup and pretend I'm Luca. <laughs> you know <what> I, mean? <laughs> I can't I can't pretend I'm Jab, but I can pretend I'm Luca.
2: Like dude, like <laughs> it just really reminds me of, like what Larry Bird was. It really does. It reminds mm-hmm. me of that. And I know people hate that comparison, but I'm just like, well, who else was just a guy that just you didn't know to be that athletic, but was still that dominant. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, you like could just, shoot on pass thing. and
1: get to the basket. Yeah, yeah. He spots was one and getting the hat off. Yeah, yeah.
2: yeah. And Jesus. that level of great, like, he's great. And wh- he will be putting your, your guy to the test, your greatest defender of a generation oh to my the God. test, bro. you going to be close. on man. That's going to be interesting to watch, man.
1: And it's, uh, go ahead, I Bill. was going to say, it's it's like the level of confidence and, like, swag that he has, too. I mean, he's just – he yeah. went out there and was like, I don't care if you went to the finals. Like, right. I'm going <laughs> to shit talk you. Yeah. You can't guard me. like. <laughs> he just doesn't care and I just oh, that's so cool. I, love I love that. that.
0: Yeah. Man man like Luca really turned it on after that little thing uh dead ball I think it was during game 5 when like book Butker tried to like, just steal like, the ball steal away it. from him yeah. on, yeah. on the dead dead whistle and Luca just looked at him and was like this guy. And okay. that's when you knew. And then you're that's like when, oh that's and that's when I took it personally. And I took also, that Um <laughs> you know y- you, guys, you guys touched on it but shout out to Spencer Dinwiddie 30 yeah. points off the bench first pair Of teammates in a game seven in the playoffs to each score 30 or more since Shag and Kobe in 2002. Wow. Um, and did witty hit a five hundred thousand dollar bonus by shout getting out. to the conference finals in his contract. Congrats to man. him and shout out to Gar Foreman and John Paxson. <laughs> why, why, man? Because <laughs> why? those doofuses decided that what we really needed was like Isaiah Cannon and Michael Carter Williams. They can't hurt and couldn't afford to keep that. Spencer Dinwiddie. I they could have had it Max Strus.
1: They could have kept Jimmy. They could have yep. drafted OGN and Obi. They could have done a whole lot of stuff.
2: Let it go. Guys. Shout out to them. <laughs> I can give
0: them a shout out now because they're gone. They can't hurt us
2: anymore.
1: Maybe I'll write a they book about you. it and just get all my feelings <laughs> out.
2: And also, Chris Paul in those last four playoff games, eighteen points and eighteen turnovers. That's insane. Yeah, he only took eight shots. It's insane, man. Which we should I, talk it,
1: about him for a second. Like I cannot think of another player who's been in big moments like this and just never been able to, I mean, he's got to be one of the all time great players to never win. I mean, he obviously still could, but it's like Carl Malone, Chris Paul, Charles, Charles. Yeah. I, I think it's them.
0: Um, and, and look, that was his fourth straight game seven loss. Um, uh, He's also, you know, been up 2-0 in a lot of series recently and then gone on to lose those series, including the finals last season. Um, it, you know, reaffirming what I've always believed uh, to be the, the truth about Chris Paul. Can't get it done. Same thing that I've always felt about James Harden. Can't get it done. When it matters, come playoff time, need a win, need a big game, can't get it done. And, you know, I'm sorry, maybe the hammies bothering him or whatever as, you know, he – Somebody made sure to put that out there this morning. Oh yeah, Chris Chris Paul hobbling to the locker room, whatever. Okay, if you're only gonna take eight shots because you're you know you're, you're point god, Chris Paul, and you want to make plays instead of take shots, you only have four assists. Mm. And look, some of that's on on the Suns missing shots. Like most Jay Crowder, terrible shooting day, bridges, terrible I think shooting Booker day. Booker
1: and Paul, the combined they combined, I don't think either of them scored a field goal until the Mavs were up by 40-some-odd points. And I think right. they were both without a field goal in the entire first half, which wouldn't surprise I, me because they only scored 27. Right. Yeah. I think it was like
0: late second quarter when anyone in the trio of Paul, Booker, and Aiton made a field goal, uh, which is insane. Mm. Speaking of, we got to talk about DeAndre Aiden. Oh, Bulls fans. Mm. Uh, we will do that in just a minute. <laughs> But just another quick shout out to our friends at Points Bet. If you enjoy CHGO, one way to help us continue to grow is to download that Points Bet app. Use promo code CHGO when you sign up. Not only are you getting those two risk free bets up to $2,000, which is an incredible deal, if you make a $50 or more first time deposit, you will receive a free membership to CHGO, which unlocks all of our awesome web content. Mr. Will the Goat Gottlieb here just dropped his most recent player eval column on Zach Levine. So go check that out on the website. Plus, you'll even get a free shirt of your choice from the CHGO Locker and access to our members-only Discord channels. If you have any questions, email pointsbet at allchgo.com, and we will help you out. And in case you missed it, in case you didn't hear Dave, Mm -hmm. online sign-up is available at Illinois. That means you can can actually download the PointsBet app right now, register your account, start to finish all from your phone so what are you waiting for once the game starts don't just bet live your bet life with points bet and i'm gonna have a pick of the week for you guys tomorrow i can't decide (laughs) if i'm gonna make a bet on game one west or game one east probably both but i I can't decide yet which one is gonna be my pick of the week i have a
1: i have a take on that which is i think uh Maybe it's not that hot of a take, but I think uh, the Heat will win game one against Boston. It's kind of like a hangover game for Boston. Only one day of rest before Mm -hmm. preparing for Miami. They've had a bunch of rest. They're at home. Mm -hmm. It just seems like it'd be a tough way to get into the next series. They also probably feel like that was the conference finals right there. So now we're kind of smooth sailing. So I don't know. Interesting. I might
0: have an opposite pick. I might just be way overthinking that. Could be, could be. I mean, I think most everybody is saying, let's, you know, let's take the Celtics in this com- Eastern Conference Finals, despite the fact that the East are the team that has four of the seven games at home, if necessary. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, so going back to that uh, Mavs' sons beatdown down uh, from Sunday evening, we mentioned it just a minute ago, Dre Ayton only played 17 minutes in this mm-hmm. game. And there was some stuff that came out on Twitter after this game, where, okay, there's Monty Williams just at the post-game press conference being asked about why did he only play 17 minutes, and his answer was simply, it's internal, or that's internal, however he phrased it. Basically saying, butt out, I don't want to answer that question, which clearly just makes you think, okay, shit's hitting the fan with DeAndre Ayton in Phoenix. And then there was also somebody else's tweet talking about how they either overheard or were lip-reading or something, and Monty Williams asked DeAndre Ayton at some point, as this game was kind of getting out of hand for Phoenix, do you want to go back in and play? And DeAndre Aiden just flatly said no. So, did DeAndre Aiden quit on the Suns? Did the Suns quit on DeAndre Aiden? Mm. I, either way, it might not necessarily matter. And, and this is from Woj uh, on the NBA show earlier today saying, quote, DeAndre Ayton did not feel valued by this Phoenix organization. He is going mm. to get a max contract in the marketplace somewhere. Mm. There are a lot of teams lining up to figure out how can we acquire him. Mm. So that's from Woj, basically mm. meaning Ayton's not signing in Phoenix.
2: That's what it like. Where
0: will he land? <laughs> and Bulls fans, here's the
1: chum in the water. <laughs> okay, can I just say, before we get into this, Does this remind you of any other free agent situations that may or may not be occurring at this very summer? Because it has Zach Levine tones to it. And I think, you know, Bulls fans are very excited about DeAndre Ayton. I am too. I think he's a great player. He's obviously 23 years old and not 27. He's restricted free agent, not an unrestricted. His max contract is I think it starts at like 30 million instead of 36. It's a uh, 25% max because he's still on his rookie extension. Mm-hmm. there are some similarities. There are some differences. Uh, but when it comes down to like DeAndre Ayton is not, and the Suns are not just like committed to coming back. All of a sudden the rest of the world is like, okay, let's make this happen. How do we figure this out? Where's trade machine? How do we make this happen?
2: <laughs> I see. I hear those similar. I think, but I think the difference is, is that, it's been vocalized, you know, by Aiden and you know what I'm saying about him being unhappy, <laughs> you know what I'm saying about being in Phoenix and being with the sons. And that's, that's what makes you kind of go crazy on this. Uh, Zach won't vocalize it because we love Zach here. And this is the perfect place for him. And he should never, ever leave here and sign his contract and come on mm, back. Thanks Zach. for listening, Zach. <laughs> thanks for listening Zach Levine. Good luck on that knee surgery, man. We'll all be praying for you. Um, but yeah, man, like this is, it's a, it's a thing. I I don't, I don't mind Bulls fans going crazy on this because this, this part is entertaining to me. Like, doing it with Zach isn't entertaining to me because that's <laughs> on my squad. But this is entertaining to me, you know what I'm saying? Because they don't. Because you're, you're seeing people who, you know, completely hate Vooch, <laughs> who definitely want to go get uh, DeAndre Ayton. And Ayton's amazing. Like, he's got a touch around the basket I honestly haven't seen in years from a center. And that's for real. Like, when he's around the bat, I just immediately think it's going in. It, it is so just smooth and so easy and so feathery. He's got like a feathery touch when he's shooting that ball. The issue with me here is, he one, he doesn't have a real high motor. He doesn't. Um, and two, is it because Chris Paul is there that he's got that, you know, thing about him right now? Or when he gets his money, will that stop because he goes somewhere else? Like, who's going to be that guy that's in his neck? He seems like he needs somebody at his neck on him all the time to get the best out of him. That's usually how it is with guys who don't have high motors. You know what I'm saying? You need somebody to push your to start your motor for lack of a better term. So I'm wondering, you know what I'm saying, if that's the case here. But outside of that, the man's game is incredible. You know he's a great rebounder. Um, they hate Vooch, but won him, but they say Vooch can't play defense. I'm like, well, Aiden's not a <laughs> defensive stalwart either, man. I don't know what you've been looking at. But he's not that either. But he's that he's 23 years old. He's great, and yeah, I don't think he'll end up with the Bulls. But yeah, I'm I'm down to hear all the stuff from Bulls Nation about it. I am.
0: Yeah, do do Bulls fans see Aiden as some like all defensive team center? Do they see Uh, him as some Gobert type? Because I don't know. He's not. He's (laughs) he's 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 you know he's about a decade younger than Vooch, so he's got that going for him, Mm -hmm. but. I mean, I've just I'm 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 not sorry. I'm just being honest right now. I have never been that wildly impressed with DeAndre Aiden. I just mm-hmm. haven't. Even when he was, you know, coming out as the projected number one overall pick in the draft, which he then went on to be. I like, you know, watching him before coming into the NBA, I was like, yeah, okay, this guy's enormous, mm-hmm. but is he wildly skilled on a basketball court? And I was like, I, you know. Everything to me was a meh with DeAndre Ayton. It's always been a meh with DeAndre Ayton, And he hasn't really done anything to change that, in my opinion, Mm. with the eye test since he's come into the NBA. And is that about, you know, like some other contextual factors like you were kind of asking, Dave? Is that about his role? And is that why he seems, you know, along with the lack of contract, unhappy in Phoenix? Because does he think he should be more involved as opposed to, CP three and Booker doing most of the offense and, and carrying most of the, the offensive load. I, I don't know, Is it, you know, lack of opportunity versus lack of motor and, and, and lack of talent. That's the question. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't know why a whole lot of bulls fans are freaking out about Ayton leaving Phoenix. And if we can be the team to get him, um, obviously that has to be some kind of sign and trade. The bulls do not have obviously the cap space to try
1: and lure him away and sign him outright. And then then nor will the Suns allow that. He's restricted. So they're not gonna like they're gonna they're gonna leverage the situation into getting something for him. Now, I would say it differs from the Bulls in that it seems like they're more willing to let him walk if they can get the right stuff in return. Um, the sign and trade possibility is really the only way the bulls could get him, and that becomes incredibly complicated with some caps stuff that I couldn't explain to you, but basically it's called base year compensation. And it happens when your contract goes from like, you know, moderate or small to like really large after a certain season. So, uh, on guys, uh, rookie extensions, it happens for a guy like Zach Levine, who's making 20 million and next year is going to be making 37 million. It's going to happen. And so that, that makes like the incoming and outgoing salary match very difficult. Like I said, I don't know the exact specifics and hopefully we can get somebody on here at some point to explain it. But, um, Yeah, I guess, like, for me, Aiden has really impressed me in his growth over the last couple years. Like, his touch around the rim is something I did not see happening. I thought he was more of just, like, a lob threat who, like, wanted to try to post up more, kind of like old-school Dwight. Mm -hmm. Um, But his defense has improved. I think he's a very good player. I also think he's a flawed player, and it doesn't really make sense to me why fans would be like, oh, let's go ahead and max Aiden right away and not Zach. Like, Zach is more of a known commodity obviously he's like older and so he doesn't necessarily have the same upside that an Aiton would because Aiton still has a lot of room to grow but uh, I think you're running into the same kind of situation where he's like a tier two star tier two max player and seems like the most like some of the Bulls fans don't want that on the team because they think it's a waste of a max spot so it doesn't really make sense to me why he would fit that role better but if the Bulls have a chance to get Aiton you know, for the cost of Vooch and Kobe and you know their pick this year, and maybe that Portland pick, hell yeah, I would go do that. But uh, I don't think that Aton solves all the Bulls' problems, like, they still need to get shooting, they now need a, a, a stretch five option because they don't have Vooch anymore. Like, this is not just like Aiton solves all the problems, and now the Bulls can win a championship,
2: yeah, exactly. And I think that's what Bulls fans aren't looking at is, is that side of it. Uh, you said the biggest point, like, he he won't stretch the floor for you. You know what I mean? Like, it's going to be a guy inside, like, and you're going to need that point guard for him. Like, I think he's shown that. You're going to need a point guard for him. And right now, you know, I'm worried about Lonzo. You know what I'm saying? So there's that. But I think, Michael, co- I want to ask you, Will, like, because I agree with you. I, his touch has improved. You know what I'm saying? Like I talked about, it's just really feathery. I really, really like it. But His sometimes
1: when right I'm, shoulder I'm, hook left yeah so the, impressive. The
2: fadeaway that he had that he put in this game. You know what I'm saying? When he's like top of the key or um, or like dotted line or free throw line extended, that's just, you. You have to be really skilled. You know what I'm saying to do that stuff. And I'm always amazed when I just see him shoot. And he's a solid free throw shooter. You know, he's not I'll always add that to the big man because big men usually aren't great free throw shooters. He's about 75, which is really all you can ask for. But and he shoots like a career 60 from the field. Like that's stupid. But I wanted to ask, because it feels like I think he could average more. Like when I watch him play, I'm like, I feel like you could be getting 25 a game. Now, is that because, you know, who he's playing with? You know what I'm saying? in Booker and things like that? Or do you feel that same way? Are we kind of watching him kind of max out at about an 18 and 19 and 11 and 12 guy?
1: Well, I think he could average more, but the Suns have a system. They're built to drive and get to those elbows and get jump shots. Like they... They have like a historically impressive uh, mid-range percentage relative to the rest of the league in terms of Booker, Bridges, Aiton even to a certain extent. Obviously, Chris Paul, they all love those elbow jumpers. And so they shot a ton of mid-rangers and their offense was built to get those shots. Uh, Aiton did, I think his averages as a rookie and in his second year before Chris Paul came over there were much higher because they were running more offense through him. So Mm. I think he's capable of averaging a lot more. I think that's necessarily like good for your offense. I don't know. I mean, I think the Suns offense was pretty incredible this year, the way it was. Um, Obviously they like had an epic meltdown here in game seven, but I'm not sure if I'm the Suns and obviously it's like not my money. Robert Sarver might have something else to say about this, but like, Mm -hmm. I'm not sure how you could, how this one game can unravel everything that they've built over the last two years. I think Aiton is going to cost a lot. I think he's probably worth it in a lot of ways, Um, but I'm not like turning him into 96 Shaq and just like letting him post up every single time and dunk on people because just doesn't really work that way anymore. And he's certainly not the passer that I think you need to be to have a post presence like that. So flawed player, really talented player, Um, 23-year-old centers like that do not come on the market, like period. So if you have the opportunity to get him and he wants to come here and the Bulls can make it work, Sure, but like I said, I don't think he's like the savior.
2: No, I agree. And I need him to go get some of those buckets too, Will. Like when it's not going for him and you know you're running their offense as they do, he he won't go get buckets. And I don't Yeah, like I agree. He's
1: not he's end. not got that like, you know, I'm the guy mentality. Yeah. And mm-hmm. just get the I don't know that it's the Bulls bad. have somebody to get into his neck, you know?
2: Yeah, I agree.
1: I'm very curious, and you know what just occurred to me is that we should
0: absolutely do some kind of crossover show with the PHNX people to to get, you you know, we'll we'll let them heal, we'll let them lick their wounds for a minute, and then we need to get their perspective on this because, you know, you you brought up the comparison with Zach Levine's free agency situation, Will. I don't know how much it, it truly does parallel because I know how I feel about what's going on with Zach, and I believe. In the very depths of me, the pools are going to offer him a contract. He's going to sign it. He's not going anywhere. Right. I have no idea all of this stuff that has come out about Aiton, even before That's the weird part. this playoff run of why haven't they put a contract in front of me? Why, have I, why do I not have a contract? And all the way through, and then everybody say, well, if the Suns win the chip this year after winning 64 games, obviously they sign him and they run it back. Now that they didn't even get back to the conference finals, let alone the finals, What happens now? I have no idea what any of that noise means over in Phoenix. So we should talk to the PHNX Suns crew and see if it is, you know, comparable to what's going on with Zach or not. Because the way that Woj was talking today, it sounds like he's gone from Phoenix and it's just a matter of where he ends up, which to me is not at all close to what's going on with Zach right now.
1: Yeah, no, I just, just to clarify, what I meant by the Zach situation was like, why do the Bulls, why do Bulls fans want, uh, to Max Aiton but not Zach that was right. kind of my point of like they have this opportunity to get a tier two star player on a max deal why is like Ayton considered the guy to go after and Zach isn't who's like already been a part of the system already established as you know one of the best players on the team one of the best players in the history of the franchise I mean he's really been a super talented player for the Bulls like that why, why you gotta go poking around, holes
0: in people ideas with Silly things like logic and reasoning. Come on, Will. Couldn't be me. Yeah, Could not be me. <laughs> That's it. We're out of time. We got to get out of here for today. Thanks, everybody, as always, for tuning in. We'll be back in studio with a live episode for you guys tomorrow afternoon, Tuesday, 3 p.m. Chicago time. We'll be picking up our player evaluation series. We'll be looking at the Rook, Io Desumu, who had a pretty darn impressive rookie campaign for the Chicago Bulls. And then uh, Wednesday, we've got our pal Sean Heiken in studio with us. He's in town. Uh, so we'll get his thoughts on what's going on over there in Portland and Dame and the Zach Levine and Portland rumors. And, uh, Will, you'll be covering the, uh, the uh, draft lottery on Tuesday. So we can talk about that later on this week. Plenty more content for you guys coming up <laughs> near our CHGO Bulls podcast feed and our YouTube channel. In the meantime, hit us up on Twitter. I'm Bulls underscore Peck. Dave's a Bow B-A-W-L sports. Will is won't. Golly, we are CHGO underscore Bulls. Until next time, Bulls Nation. Appreciate you. See you, Red. Be good.